Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here, and it is July 13th, 2022. And joining me, as always, is Arusha Pires, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. Okay, and we're glad to have back on the show Ken Shreve. Ken Shreve is a senior markets writer with us here at Investors Business Daily. I've been working with Ken for, gosh, over over two decades now. Uh, we, we were over two decades, yeah. I over think, two I think decades. Right. It's it's incredible. I mean, I remember Ken when when I first started, you were on the on the computer answering questions from people that were coming in on the AOL.com account because we didn't have our own investors.com account yet. Uh, we had just one single homepage uh, that just basically said, can slim, here's, here's what it is. And that, that was it. So, um, yeah, so we've, we've been through a lot, but of course, you know, Ken is now a senior markets writer. He is one of the co-managers of the leaderboard model portfolio, one of those products and a frequent Ivy Live panelist. So Ken, great to have you on again. Hey, always uh, great to be on with you guys. Appreciate it. And, and this is such a great uh, time to have you on because, of course, a lot of times on IBD Live, Ken is the one filling us in with all the news headlines. And, of course, yep. we had some news headlines today uh, that would be pretty good to cover. So we'll cover that first with the market. And a lot of people are also excited to have Ken talk a little bit about bottoming bases, especially given where we are in the market with this correction. A lot of people wondering, okay, what's what's some early entries that we can get in? And one of those is by looking at bottoming bases, not necessarily waiting for it to get all the way back to new highs. So Ken will kind of give us some examples and his take on that. And then of course, we'll also end the segments uh, with a look at some potential stocks that are setting up. So let's get right into it. And maybe we start with the NASDAQ composite. Uh, I think the main thing that we've been talking about is how we got turned away from the 50-day moving average line. And then, of course, a lot of people had their eyes on this CPI report that came out this morning. So, Ken, what was your take um, with the inflation numbers? Well, I think uh, I think the market was uh, was hoping we would at least get an inline number. I mean, we knew the numbers were going to be huge, um, and they were. And they, but the problem is they were hotter than uh, expected, uh, especially, you know, year over year prices up uh, nine point one percent. That's on the heels of, um, or the it was an eight point eight percent uh, consensus so uh, that was higher than expected and uh, just in general it was it was a, mar- a number that the market uh, uh, didn't like it sent uh, it sent bond yields uh, higher it uh, it raised uh, the the likelihood likelihood of um, uh, you know an aggressive uh, fed uh, having to be possibly even more aggressive uh, at one point uh, Wednesday the odds uh, for a full percentage point hike, 100 basis points, uh, mm-hmm. rose to above 50%. So, uh, you know, that's a that's a pretty big deal. So here we are in a in a in a position now where, you know, the 75 basis points is is baked in uh, at the end of uh, at the end of this month. And then come uh, the uh, August uh, meeting, you know, we'll September, another, right, they're going to uh, skip uh, August. September, right. We we'll skip August and then September, another 75 uh, basis points. So uh, we're probably going to get two aggressive uh, hikes in a row uh, by the Fed. And then what happens after that, um, you know, we'll have to see. But the 
the in, inflation data, consumer prices Wednesday was not what the Fed uh, wanted to see. It was curious to see the reaction of that 10-year Treasury yield because in, in, in pre-market trading, it was trading around 2.95, and then the inflation data came out and it jumped up to you know 3.02, uh, which made a lot of sense. Uh, and and then by the close, it uh, it had completely fallen apart. Uh, the zero uh, TNX uh, chart in MarketSmith uh, just showed a, a just a really sharp reversal right at the right at the 50-day moving average. So kind of curious um, action in the 10-year yield on on Wednesday, but uh, the 10-year yield has inverted with all sorts of bonds and notes right. out there. The, the, the seven-year, the five-year, the three-year, the two-year, the one-year, all uh, all in, in inverted. So you're, you're getting, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so we know the economy is slowing down. The question is, uh, how bad is it going to slow down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and now with all of that bad news out there, somehow the market got down but was able to recover most of those uh, losses there. You know, what, what are your thoughts on the like, just kind of the how the market's acting over the the last few weeks? Uh, well, I'd have, to, I'd have to say that it's acting uh, better. I mean, listen, we were all encouraged to see this. Uh, this uh, Nasdaq was down two percent uh, intraday on on mm-hmm. Wednesday, and then it uh, came all the way back and and closed. Uh, and, well, it, it turned positive. Uh, it closed with a minor uh, minor decline, down 0.1, 0.2%. But still, it uh, you know closed well off lows, uh, just like the other major stock indexes. So it does seem like there are maybe a little more buyers around, uh, maybe than in, in um, you know prior weeks when we're trying to find a, a bottom here. I mean, we're we're, we're still uh, we still have an uptrend that's intact because we're holding above those uh, those lows. Uh, the distribution day count is still relatively uh, tame. Um, it, it remains to be seen, uh, you know, if, if we're going to get one on, uh, you know, on Wednesday because uh, NYSE volume was, was pretty close. So, um, but, you know, I think investors are, are getting a, a good lesson of uh, the challenges of overhead uh, supply because, you know, we started off the show by saying NASDAQ, you know, rallied up to that 50-day moving average and got and just got hit with selling selling pressure. And, um, you know, they're, they're still, still challenged. Uh, we're probably seeing maybe Slightly better action in individual stocks, but um, you know it's still uh, still a pretty challenging uh, market environment. And if you're not if you're not trading um, and and taking in taking quick gains when you have them, you're probably giving those gains uh, you know back and maybe going back to break even or turning negative if you're not uh, not quick enough. Right. And, you know, you mentioned that we are in a confirmed uptrend, but under pressure. So just kind of to let people know, June 24th was the follow through day. And that's when we switched to confirmed uptrend. Again, not necessarily saying that this is going to be going up to new highs, but hey, to start looking, um, I guess one of the things that we've been struggling with is there really haven't been as many setups as we usually like to see. And then number two, one of the reasons why we went under pressure was because two days after that follow through day, we closed below it and we've really kind of struggled to hold above that follow through day level. So you got to figure if you can't even make progress above your your kind of your follow through day, then what what chances do you have of sustaining uh, much of a rally? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is the main challenge right now. And uh, while it was good uh, to see the market, you know, really shake off bad news. I mean, we closed lower on on Wednesday, uh, but again, the Nasdaq did, um, you know, it, it paired a two percent intraday loss to basically break uh, break even. So that's uh, impressive. Showed that there are still uh, some buyers out there, but it is, uh, you know, difficult. Uh, listen, we've all been in, in markets where you know 
the, the stock market serves up uh, new buys on a on a silver uh, platter, and you're just wondering, okay, what am I going to buy? There's a lot to, to choose from, and it seems like it's been a long time since we've been in that uh, situation. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll get there again uh, at, at some point. Um, might be difficult uh, to do during the the summer time when we're in this kind of low volume uh, uh, period where, you know, we'd, we'd like to think that new money is going to be coming in from the sidelines, but the, the summertime is typically, uh, you know, tough, tough to get that to, to happen. Maybe when the uh, people come back from summer uh, vacation and we get to August and September, it'll be a little uh, different, but uh, probably be challenging throughout the summer. We'll see. Yeah. Arusha, yeah. Do, you make a, do you make any allowances for summertime uh i mean there's the old adage of you know sell in may and go away and we've had jeff hirsch on the show uh from the stock traders almanac talking about some of the seasonality but um how do you handle do you just kind of you know lay low on summer or are you taking it by the market action what's happening yeah i mean i i typically uh will will lay low but uh and and because i know it, it's not reasonable i mean if you see a good uh, a good technical setup and you know a stock is up uh you know four or five percent and and just clearing a pivot point with with conviction it's not uh it's not uh it, it's probably a tall order to, to think that volume is going to be 300 400 500 percent above average so if i can at least just get a little bit of volume uh even if it's uh below average but uh, nicely higher from the prior session sometimes i'll, I'll nibble at uh, at uh, at a new buy but you got you definitely have to temper your your volume expectations uh, during this time of year yeah and uh well ken how are you applying some of these obviously and you've been doing this for a long time and obviously this is a challenge environment you know what, what are kind of some of the steps that you're taking in leaderboard are, are you just kind of being a little bit more cautious, trying to hang on to some of the positions that you guys have had for a while. You know, what are your thoughts about kind of applying that to to the model portfolio? Well, we're that's it's really we're really just acting uh, the same as we do with our individual uh, portfolios. You know, we know it, it's not a time to have ag- uh, aggressive uh, uh, exposure to to stocks, and those of us on uh, IBD Live are you know uh, are very lightly uh, invested, maybe 10, 20, 30 percent uh, tops, and uh, right now, at least. Uh, you know, as of uh, earlier this week, we were about 23% uh, invested uh, on leaderboard. So we're, uh, you know, we're chomping at the bit um, to, to put some, uh, to put some uh, new names uh, to work. And we actually tried, uh, tried a, a couple names uh, last week and, uh, and they, they didn't, uh, uh, they didn't work. They got caught in Tuesday's uh, downdraft. But we understand that any any new buys, even if it's a two and a half percent two and a half percent position, uh, uh, we have to be prepared uh, to cut a loss uh, short if it doesn't uh, work out. And uh, and that's fine. We can always overcome uh, small losses. It's you know the big ones that can do the the big damage. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, and- both of those were smaller positions. So uh, you know even though they were tried, they they. They went, they exited, but it wasn't too much damage because, as you mentioned, they were they were quarter positions, so very small. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Arusha. Oh yeah, well, just very quickly. Uh, I, it looks like we didn't get distribution day on the S and P. Oh, you're so, looking at the final numbers. Yeah, so you just okay. got the final numbers. This in, just in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so we avoided a distribution day on the on the S and P. And the we NASDAQ, have. 
kind of day after day here lately. The the volume has been coming in lower, so that's kind yeah. Of it is uh, it is uh, a bit uh, curious uh, to I mean we only have uh, at least through through Wednesday we only had one uh, one distribution day on the uh, in the on the Nasdaq and just a, a couple on the uh, on the S and P five hundred. I will say with that uh, early uh, volume look that we get uh, right around uh, right around this time, we actually use AP data for NYSE that comes in a little bit later, so mm-hmm. it, it it tends to it tends to match uh, uh, pretty close to what you're looking at, uh, Arusha. But we'll yeah. uh, we got to wait another 45 minutes to get the final uh, read. But it does uh, look like it uh, it's a close call, but it could end up being lower, mm-hmm. lower volume. Yep. Right. Um, so, uh, Arusha, for for you uh, again, this lower volume that we've seen has avoided distribution, but in a lot of ways we haven't seen much volume behind some of the buying either is that something that concerns you yeah it, it, it that always will concern me especially when you're in a trickier environment uh now this is this is definitely not one of those kind of environments where you want to get like ken was saying where you want to get too aggressive or going too large of positions take take a few positions and and for some of these i've been trying to hold off a little bit also on buying on strength and buying too many breakouts yeah right more kind of pullbacks and uh but i'm not even doing that much so so i have have a couple of very small positions right now i haven't gotten stopped out of them so i've just kind of put out some probes just to get a little bit of feel but i i I agree with ken earlier on where it's yeah the, the market's had opportunities to go lower over the last couple of weeks and it hasn't and so maybe you're finding some buyers maybe the sellers are completely exhausted here but it, it, at least for now, it just seems like the market's a little bit more resilient than I would have thought. Uh, so, it, so it's hanging it, in there. It just seems to be shaking off uh, bad news a little, yeah. uh, a little more than uh, expected. And I know David, uh, David Ryan on IBD Live uh, has uh, has said that in, in recent uh, in recent weeks as well. But uh, you know where we're where we're at now. Uh, listen, the indexes are are still challenged. I mean, what we all want to see is just uh, let's see what. An initial move above the 50-day moving average for the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 uh, looks like. Uh, if it happens in, uh, in 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 light volume, I'm not going to say, "Oh my God, this is you know is not going to work." But I do, you know, want to see the indexes if they can eventually get back above the 50-day lines. See if they can hold there and at least kind of move sideways. I mean, if they go above the 50-day line, and then the very next day they're down and 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 heavy volume and there's a reversal. Well, I mean, the market's message. There there is, is is pretty clear. So if we can eventually get above the 50-day line here and then maybe build a new home above the 50-day line, yeah. then you can feel more comfortable that, uh, you know, we could have an uptrend that could have some uh, some staying power. And just to tie a bow on this segment, um, you know, we, we, we've been talking a lot about the NASDAQ, but let's maybe kind of bring in some of the other indexes here. The NASDAQ certainly seems like it's been the stronger of the indexes. It was the only one that really got up to its 50-day moving average line. The S&P 500 fell a little short. Uh, it's just seemed a little weaker. Um, any any comments on what's going on with the other indexes in relation to the Nasdaq? Well, I mean, there you know, again, you're right that the Nasdaq, uh, you know, has has gotten closer to the 50-day line than the S&P uh, 500. So, but you know, the S&P 500 that also closed, uh, you know, nicely off lows uh, on on Wednesday. So the same same thing here. We just need to see some renewed, uh, you know, price strength in the S&P 500. Uh, it's been real tough for the S&P 500 because you know these uh, these uh, 
energy stocks uh, have been caught in pretty nasty sell-offs. And when you look at the, you know, some of the worst uh, percentage gainers in the S&P 500 in a, a down session, uh, at least recently, a lot of a lot of it has been just uh, relentless selling in a lot of different oil and gas uh, stocks. So. Uh, kind of makes sense that that might be a little further below the 50-day than the uh, than the Nasdaq, but uh, just like the Nasdaq, we need to, you know, we need to see, um, you know, this index get back above the 50-day line, and then the next challenge there will be to, you know, conquer the 4,000 level. So there's just a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of challenges ahead for the indexes, and uh, a lot of challenges for the for the stock market. Just trying to just get rid of all the uncertainty out there because there are just so many unanswered uh, questions. And when there's a lot of unanswered questions out there, it, um, that's typically when you're in a, a bear market and having uh, you know, new uptrends have a hard time making a headway when there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And of course, that uncertainty can lead to more volatility, uh, bigger, bigger moves day to day, and a lot of times a lot of back and forth action due to that uncertainty. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Ken a little bit about bottoming bases and uh, go through some examples for that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Direction Hydrogen ETF offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen related subthemes. With clean hydrogen based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. And welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here along with our weekly guest, Darusha Pierce from O'Neill Global Advisors. And our special guest this week is Ken Shreve right here from Investors Business Daily. He's a senior markets writer here. Um, so Ken, uh, one of the things that's kind of been tricky about this market is we have so many stocks that are trading below their 200-day moving average lines. So what's what's an investor to do? Uh, rather than waiting for some of these to get back up to their highs, um, is there a way for us to be looking at bases that are forming maybe lower in the overall structure on a weekly chart? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, visitors to investors.com and uh, readers of IBD Weekly have probably heard the term uh, bottoming base uh, a little a little more uh, often. And, uh, you know, I've made some uh, some some decent money on a, on a, a couple of them uh, recently. So I think it's just important that people still get a little confused as to how to recognize a, a bottoming base. So we've got two uh, two good examples of uh, of what to look for. But in this uh, in this current market environment where. I mean, yeah, you've got some healthcare names that are are back near highs, but uh, you know, you still have a lot of stocks that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent off their highs uh, that you know uh, can can show pretty good technical action while they're uh, off off their highs. So we call that uh, you know a bottoming uh, base. They tend to form uh, when a stock is you know stock can be 20, 30 percent off its high or more when a bottoming base uh, forms. So I think it's just important to uh, learn. How to recognize them, and uh, we've got a couple couple of examples here. So, uh, you want to go over the the first one here, the the Ollie's Bargain Outlet? Do you want to start off with that one, Ken? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so Arusha has uh, showing his market smith, and so again, just as a reminder for folks, um, you can always check out the video here where we'll go through some of these charts, and that's at investors.com/podcast. Um, so. You know, one of the things about Ollie's, as you mentioned, this was this was pretty far off its highs. If you 
you know, look at where it, it topped out. Um, so is there anything as a precursor? I mean, you know, pattern recognition is picking up the base, but is there anything that you need as kind of a precursor to that base um, before you even consider it? Um, anything on the fundamental or technical side? Well, first of all, you need a prior uptrend, you know, and that that's the most important thing about a bottoming base because people will, will see a stock go, you know, 20 percent, 30, 40, 50 percent off off their high. And then, you know, when when it's uh, when it's, you know, it's, it's fallen 60 percent off its high and then it starts to it starts to move sideways. It doesn't rally. It just kind of tries to grope for a bottom and move sideways. And then, you know, and then it maybe, you know, tries to tries to, to break out from that pattern but that would not be a bottoming base because there was no prior uh, uptrend so i think uh with with ollie's uh there you have noted uh the prior uptrend you can see the stock was down 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 and then it, it tried to put in a bottom and then it it, it started to rally and there you go and there's and there's your uptrend so the stock was you know showing strength ahead of uh, of the base forming and see how far the base uh, formed off of the um off of the uh, the 52 week high but this is one that uh, that worked i know uh you know this one was brought up uh on ibd live again by uh, by david ryan when it was uh you know, he was just noting the stock's uh, strength, and I actually got in this name on June 16th. It was a little after uh, the move above the 200-day moving average, but I was not—I was not interested in buying Ollie's uh, if it were not able to retake that 200-day line. So, mm -hmm. I wanted to to see the stock, um, you know, move above the 200-day line, and then just kind of make a case it was finding support above that that price level. So on June June 16th. Um, you know, was uh, was the day it was up uh, only seven tenths of a, a, a percent in light volume, but I just uh, it was still in buy range, holding above that uh, that 200 day line, and uh, you know that has turned into a nice uh, a nice winner, just a, in a small group of stocks, and I'm holding with a nice uh, uh, profit, and hope to be able to sit with this one for uh, for a long time. What about like relative strength? Are are you looking at the relative strength line uh, during this time uh, when considering uh, potentially buying it? Yeah, absolutely. And you can see uh, in Ali's uh, relative strength line uh, really started to swing uh, nicely higher uh, when it moved above its uh, its 200 day moving average. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, typically when a when a bottoming base is uh, is forming, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at stocks with relative strength ratings of, uh, you know, 30 or 40 or or 50 really, really low like that. I don't remember what Ollie's relative strength was at the time around June 16th when I bought it, but I know it was, it was solid. And uh, so this was, uh, you know, this was a, just a classic, uh, classic bottoming base uh, that, that yielded uh, a good entry. But, you know, we were just talking about, you know, wanting to see the NASDAQ and the S&P 500, if they can eventually get above their 50 day lines, you know, can they, can they find support there? Can they hold it? Can they even, you know, trade sideways and move above it? And that's generally what, what Ollie's uh, did when it initially uh, moved above the 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 200 day line that was on June uh, June 8th. It um, you know it just kind of straddled the line for a little bit, and then uh, you know when I picked it up on June 16th, it was making making progress from the 200 day line uh, again. So just a good uh, good example of a bottoming base that has uh, has worked out uh, you know worked out nicely. How important are the fundamentals in this case? Um, so I mean for Ollie's, 
you look at the numbers and there's a lot of red. Uh, you know, the, the growth here has, has had some negative numbers on both the top line and bottom line earnings and sales. Um, now, granted, we always say that the market is a forward-looking mechanism. Uh, it's, it's looking six, nine months out into the future. So what kind of gives you the confidence that, hey, the numbers might be bad now, but they look like they're, they could be getting better, or is it just a technical play completely? Well, I mean, for for me, the big uh, the big annual uh, estimate, uh, Ollie's is currently in its uh, fiscal 2023, uh, fiscal 2024. They have a big uh, a big annual uh, estimate there that caught my eye at uh, at at 48 percent. Those green arrows on the MarketSmith uh, chart uh, mean that estimates have been uh, headed uh, headed higher. And then we were talking about Ollie's uh, uh, latest uh, earnings report, and they gave a they gave a pretty good uh, they gave a pretty good outlook and, and talked about, uh, you know, uh, you know, pretty, pretty strong business uh, going going forward. And it's in a good industry group because, you know, Ollie's bargain outlet and, and a lot of these discount retailers have been showing relative strength because the thinking is they're going to be able to, you know, do pretty good business, uh, even if the economy is in a is in a, a, a soft spot here because of the, you know, the value proposition that they offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and... Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, but that 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 was uh, that was basically the 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 picture that Ollie's uh, you know that Ollie's painted for me. But I have to say, the technical, probably first and foremost, it was a it was a technical it was a technical buy. Uh, I don't remember the last time. In fact, I don't think I've ever bought a stock that showed four quarters in a row of declining uh, earnings and sales. But I know that a lot of retailers are in a you know special situation as they try to you know. come out of, uh, you know, they're coming out of COVID and, and lockdowns. Uh, there's a lot of uh, recent earnings and sales that, that that look like this, but a lot of these companies feel like they're uh, turning the, the, the corner uh, as well. And I think that's reflected in the, in the big annual uh, earnings estimate uh, that they have for fiscal 24. Yeah, and when when you look on the the weekly chart, you can just see a, a number of uh, pretty nice uh, big uh, blue bars right there showing some good those skyscrapers that bill o'neill would always talk about uh, now now the other thing well my other question here ken was that you know it patent recognition actually picked up a base here is that a requirement that that you look for in a bottoming base uh, is that just like does that maybe move it up a tier that wow it actually picked up one of the kind of the bases that we recognize and we ideally want well, it just it just confirmed uh, it confirmed uh, what what I what I knew is that there was an, a, a little bit of a prior uptrend. And again, I think that when we're talking about a prior uptrend, we're not talking about a five to ten percent uh, rally. We're talking about I think what the number is 20 percent uh, minimum, maybe even a little a little more than that. So we want to see a meaningful uptrend, and Ollie's uh, showed that uh, pattern recognition is uh, is for the most part pretty accurate. It it uh, you know it has a few a few little missteps uh, here and there. Sometimes it they recognize double bottom patterns that I, you know, maybe a little bit uh, questionable, but it's pretty good about recognizing uh, cup bases, whether they're, uh, you know, forming near highs or forming uh, well off highs, like uh, like what happened with Ollie's. And it's probably worth just taking a look at the monthly chart, just as a reminder that Ollie's had this phenomenal run um, after its IPO, and and you know this happens a lot of times with retail when they're expanding, and you know it, it's kind of a, um, you know. A, a, a newer a newer name and it's opening a lot of stores uh, you, you've seen that with chipotle mexican grill uh you know so whether it's retail restaurants or you know retail just you know purchasing um 
So when when something has such a strong move like that and then uh, kind of goes nowhere for years, is, is that something that, you know, concerns you? Is there a depth here? Again, how far it came off? Um, do you do you have any concerns? Do you need to see something else in order to, I guess, give you that conviction that the, the worst is over? Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest. I, I mean, 99.9% of my technical analysis is done with weekly and, and daily charts. Uh, in some situations, I mean, for Ollie's, it's, it's, it's good looking at that uh, monthly chart because you're right. They went through a really, really rapid uh, growth phase in their early stages of being a publicly traded uh, company. And then, uh, yeah, it, it had a couple of, couple of sharp uh, pullbacks. But I'm just kind of, you know, now I'll step away from the monthly Look at the look at the weekly chart. What are the elements of this uh, bottoming base that are that are forming? Um, what are they saying uh, on their earnings uh, conference calls? Um, and yeah, I just ask, uh, just to try to check as many uh, boxes as uh, as possible. So uh, first and foremost, like I said, uh, four straight quarters of declining earnings and sales is not uh, anything to get excited about. So the technicals really uh, trumped uh, everything uh, here, uh, and. You know, it's it's worked out it's worked out well, and uh, you know I'll just uh, kind of post breakout the stock has uh, the stock has done absolutely uh, nothing yeah. nothing wrong. So, um, you know, I may decide to to trim the position if it pulls back to a short term uh, support level and doesn't uh, find support. But at this point, I could probably just wait for a, you know, a, a, maybe I won't wait down all the way down for a test of the uh, the 10 week line but that uh, that 10 week moving average is still you know holding above the last uh, buy point so still still looks good to me mm -hmm. so another example that you had for us is grossly outlet and the ticker symbol on that is go uh this this one's almost right there back at new highs uh it's had a phenomenal move off of its bottom um so in in a lot of ways it just looks very extended right now it, it has barely given a break so what what was it about this one just kind of walk us through it again uh those elements of the bottoming base that were in place for you to get an earlier entry on grocery outlet yeah, so I, I I can't tell if it is pattern recognition uh, recognizing that uh, the the bottoming base. Yeah, right. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't consolid tell. It's consolidation. It's picture. It's a little consolidation. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. Uh, same. Same difference. Uh, sort of a little shallow uh, cut base, and then the you know the breakout was in uh, was in early March. I wish I wish I could say I bought this when it broke out of the uh, bottoming base. Uh, I didn't, nor did I get it off the uh, that, that, uh, that 10 week moving average, but I'll, I'll give you my reasons why I eventually bought it. But again, with grocery outlet uh, tracked in the same industry group um, as, uh, as uh, Ollie's, uh, by the way, uh, so people tend to think of grocery outlook uh, maybe being a supermarket uh, operator which it is um like kroger but it's more of a you know a kind of big buy big at uh, a grocery outlet so um it's in a strong performing uh, industry group and you had uh, again a nice little uh, prior uptrend uh, justin if you can just kind of point out yeah there's your your your, your prior uptrend and then the stock uh, pulls back and then uh again base is forming below the the 40 week moving average but it uh it eventually uh breaks out finds support at the uh, 10 week moving average now let's go back to the 
go back to the daily chart here because I don't have as big a gain on grocery outlet as I do with Ollie's, but I, I bought actually both stocks on the same day, June, uh, June 16th. So when I saw after the 10 week line, I said, you know, this stock is really showing uh, relative strength. Uh, I went to the daily chart and then watched it pull back uh, very orderly down to the 21 day moving average. And on June, uh, June 16th, uh, when it crossed that recent high of 3950, uh, and there was good good volume in the stock is, uh, is 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 when I bought it. So I don't have a gain of it's a obviously a new uh, a new holding and it was a bit of an unconventional uh, buy for me. But it was a, another good example of a bottoming base that launched a, a really nice uh, price move here. So. Uh, the, the the buy wasn't as well timed as uh, as Ollie's, but it did work nicely after uh, after I picked it up off the the, the 21 day line. And you know, I have to say, I've been doing more of that uh, lately. You know, we're not really getting pullbacks to the 50 day moving average uh, at at this point, uh, but pullbacks to short term support levels uh, like the 21 day. Um, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, can be a viable uh, entry in, in my view. So that's what I did with uh, Grocery Outlet uh, and, you know, sitting on a gain of uh, close to 10%. Now, will, will you, uh, with when you're buying off the 21 day and out of a smaller consolidation like this, are, are you going to treat it a little bit differently with the, uh, uh, with uh, Ollie's, you're, you're, you were going to give it a little bit more room, let it test the 10 week line if possible. Are you taking uh, that same kind of approach with this since you bought, you bought it a little bit higher than the 10 week? Line? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And I'm probably, I am handling uh, uh, those, those, the stocks uh, differently because I don't have a, a, as big a profit cushion mm-hmm. with, um, with, uh, with grocery outlet. And because it was a bit of an unconventional buy, I mean, I wish I could have gotten it off of the first test of the, uh, the 10 week moving average, that would have been a good, uh, uh, entry as well. But because, you know, I got it when it was, uh, crossing over that, uh, that 40, uh, level, uh, this one, I'll wait and see, you know, just what a, a test of that, uh, 21 day, uh, line looks like which looks to be right around uh 42 and um you know may decide if if there's a a bad uh, a bad break there um you know might just uh might, might just cut ties with it and uh uh but that only be, only because the buy was a little later with ollie's you know it was really in the early stages of breaking out of that uh right, right. Um, mm-hmm. it was breaking out of that uh, bottoming base so uh bigger gain and uh, more cushion so i can uh, you know have a longer term view with that one. And can we just real quickly address, you know, maybe go back to the weekly chart on grocery outlet here. And, um, you know, for a while there, the action on this was was just really, I mean, like, going back to 2020 and 2021. uh, It seemed like every time it was making progress, an earnings report would come out and just whack the heck out of this thing. and, and that kind of left, you know, again, thinking of this from the bottoming base, as soon as it crossed above that 40-week moving average line, it just felt like there was all of this overhead supply. So is there a, a time period in which, you know what, I'm not as bothered by that overhead supply anymore? Um, or is that something that you're always taking a look and seeing, okay, how do we, how do we move when we get up to those prior levels where there's a lot of congestion, a lot of, um, you know, trading? Uh, how do we handle it? Or is it, uh, it's old enough that it just doesn't matter anymore? Well, you know, I mean, overhead supply was, it was, uh, should have been an issue with, uh, with Ollie's uh, as well when it started to move out of that uh, bottoming base. Uh, but when, uh, when grocery outlet first uh, started, uh, you know, breaking out, it, it moved above the, uh, you know, the, the, the 40 week and the, and the 10 week lines were nearly, or 
converge just before or just after the stock uh, eventually uh, broke out. So I really didn't look at um, uh, I didn't really look at the the highs maybe in uh, January 2021, November 2020. Um, not not really thinking that overhead supply was going to be a big problem for the stock, only because I saw how it was you know, uh, rallying after the breakout. Remember, this is a stock that had many many up weeks in a row, and we'd we'd yeah. like to see that. I know uh, Bill O'Neill calls out in his uh, book, and you look at you look at. I mean, there were it's like ten many weeks up in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ten ten up and weeks. All- uh, and yeah. all uh, closing at the top of the range too. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one way a stock uh, can easily uh, overcome uh, you know overhead uh, supply. So and uh, you know then after that it just made a, a nice uh, pullback uh, to the ten week uh, to the ten week moving average, uh, reversed higher uh, with some uh, volume. And then you know after that after that first test I was like okay I I, I really feel like I need to find a way into this uh, into this uh, stock. So that's when I started watching it after that. Um, first test of the of the 10 week line and then you know i saw a pretty constructive pullback uh short term pullback to that 21 day line and uh and uh started a a, a small uh position and uh, we'll see how it goes so far so good well when we come back we're going to take a look at a few of the stocks that are on ken's radar right now so stay tuned we'll be right back the direction hydrogen etf offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen-related sub-themes. With clean hydrogen-based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here along with Arusha Pires and our special guest this week, Ken Shreve, Senior Markets Writer at Investors Business Daily. So, Ken, you just kind of laid out a, uh, a, a good bull case for some of these bottoming bases. And let's take a look at some of the stocks that you have on your radar right now. And we might as well start with DQ. I think it's a perfect segue since you just talked about bottoming bases. Here we have another bottoming base. T- tell us what you tell us what you were seeing here on DQ. Yeah, I mean this is uh, when you look at uh, solar stocks, which is probably the most volatile uh, industry group in the in in the market. Uh, you know, and I look at how uh, DQ is, uh, is is trading, and I compare that to uh, you know to TAN, uh, a popular uh, uh, solar ETF, which is still you know kind of stuck under its forty-week moving average here, and uh, you know having a having a hard time you know get, getting uh, price momentum. But I look at DQ's uh, chart, and this is uh, this feels like another stock that I want to own at some point, and uh, I don't uh, yet, but I'm encouraged. Um, not only was this a great uh, breakout uh, shown on the weekly chart here from a, from a bottoming base, but the way this stock has, uh, has traded uh, post breakout in a very difficult uh, tape has been super impressive. So, you know, studying uh, charts like this, it just uh, alerts you to really, really strong stocks. It doesn't mean that, you know, really strong stocks aren't viable all the time. And, um, you know, DQ is, you know, has, has rallied powerfully after, after that breakout from the bottoming base, you can see the first uh, down week, it, it tried to come down. Uh, it retested the prior buy area, uh, closed up near its uh, high. So that, uh, that week wasn't overly uh, concerning, went on three straight gains after that. And so far this week, the stock is, um, 
you know, we're midway through the week and the stock is trading in the upper half of, uh, of its range. So we go to the uh, daily chart and this is another uh, pullback to the um, or just a, a pullback to the 21 day uh, exponential uh, moving average, which is uh, which is uh, compelling. It's uh, had a, a three day uh, three day decline Friday, Monday and Tuesday. The stock uh, uh, closed up near its high. I like how volume today was higher than uh uh, Tuesday. Uh, so this is an example where, you know, volume wasn't super impressive today, but actually it was slightly above uh, above average. And anytime volume is above average in this uh, low volume time for the market, I think that's uh, uh, important. So uh, you can see DQ pulled, uh, when it initially uh, broke out, it pulled back to the 21-day uh, moving average, hit a low of uh, 52.75. It found support, and now it's uh, pulling back to the 21-day line again here and uh, and finding support. So I would argue, I mean, if you want, if you're looking for a way into the stock, you know, maybe just a small little pilot position here to start, keep a, uh, keep a tight uh, stop on it, maybe uh, right below the, the 21 day line, but it's found support at this level in the past and it's making a case it wants to find uh, support here uh, again. So I'm, all, I'm just watching DQ because of, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the clear leader in the uh, solar group uh, at this point. And uh, I think the, the action post breakout has been super impressive. And, uh, um, you know, again, if you're a fan of buying off the, the 21 day line, uh, uh, which uh, again, I've done uh, in the past, uh, you know, it doesn't look like a um, a, a terrible uh, entry here. Yeah, when I look at go if I go back to the weekly, you know, over the last few months, I just see a lot of wide ranges. But DQ is able to kind of finish near the top of its ranges uh, pretty consistently. So uh, for something like that, if you're dealing with a more of a volatile stock, are you trying to give it more till the end of the week to to see if it continues to hang in there? Uh, it's a it's a it's a good uh, a good a good question and in a in a case like this uh, you know I don't know I mean I I, I was tempted to to uh, pick some up uh, today I didn't um, but you know that waiting towards the uh, end of the week or even late in the session is something that I've been probably doing uh, more of uh, uh, lately you know how many times do you you know you buy a stock during the first half hour right. first forty five minutes of trading and you're like ah geez I should have waited till <laughs> yes. you know I should have waited till midday because we're in such a volatile market these days um, you know, it's generally a good rule of thumb to at least you know, wait for, uh, wait and let the stock's uh, personality develop over the trading day. So I'm a big fan of buying late in the day. Uh, but on leaderboard, we don't we don't make a lot of our sell decisions until until Friday when we see how a stock is uh, you know reacting around that uh, that 10 week moving average. If if it if it closes the week two percent or three percent below the 10 week line, we're generally going to cut the stock uh, uh, loose. But uh, you know, we use that that 10 week line at the end of the week a lot uh, on on leaderboard. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can address the elephant in the room. Uh, this is a Chinese stock, and <laughs> yeah. a lot of the a lot of the Chinese stocks, um, between you know regulatory issues, um, you know shutdowns with their zero tolerance policy for COVID, uh, it just made kind of China and, and Chinese stocks in particular uh, really kind of become a a, a a sore spot for a lot of investors. So. Uh, is there anything, and, and, and even this week, I mean, we had that fine against Alibaba, and, you know, while it was small, it was still enough, I think, to rattle some people, like, uh-oh, here we go again. Um, so how do you kind of 
get over that, uh, I guess, that, that fear uh, that's been kind of instilled in a lot of investors. Yeah, well, I mean, I really, there, there are, I basically look at two stocks right now in, in, in China that are, are swimming or are marching to the beat of, uh, of a different drummer or they're just kind of, they're standing, standing out. And that would be DQ and also Lee, uh, Lee Auto, which is, uh, you know, also, uh, also pulled back to its 21-day uh, line uh, today. So, you know, amid a lot of uh, regulatory scrutiny, uh, these stocks are just not doing anything, uh, are just not doing anything wrong. So I'm, I'm really just focusing more on price. Uh, with with both of these uh, stocks, I mean the China wild card is uh, is is definitely there, but uh, that's why we have uh, tight tight stops and a um, you know a name like uh, DQ that uh, has been super strong and you know it may not pull back to the 50-day moving average, which is uh, you know why I'm kind of looking at it uh, uh, right here. But if I if I do you know pick pick some up off the 21-day line, you know we'll keep uh, keep a tight uh, keep a tight stop on it, like I said and. Uh, uh, market will 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 tell tell us soon enough if the if the timing was right. Right now, uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, you you were talking about how our invested percentage on the leaderboard model portfolio is about twenty three percent, and it's worth noting that a good majority of that is in the medical sector. And you've already mentioned how that's one of the areas that there have been more setups on. Uh, so maybe we could shift over to one of those medical sector names and uh, take a look at HRMY, that's Harmony Biosciences. Um, what's, what's your take on what's going on in this sector and this stock in particular? Well, yeah, healthcare uh, healthcare sector is a big uh, a big sector. I mean, you've got everything from managed care firms. You've got some uh, medical technology companies. You've got your your biotechs, your health insurers, your hospital operators. So it's a big it's a big uh, a big sector. Uh, but we're seeing you know pretty broad based uh, strength. So Harmony Harmony Biosciences. Uh, looking at the weekly chart here, first thing I, I I like about this is that it's still early stage. No matter how you uh, how you look at it, you're not looking at a stock that that has, uh, you know, trended and, and rallied uh, four or five, six hundred uh, percent. It still uh, still looks to be an early, uh, early stage uh, move here. Um, and you can see the weekly chart is, um, you know, as it just just yielded uh, a breakout. So we go back to the uh, daily chart here and. Um, I just really like the way this one has uh, has 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 pulled back uh, in, in recent days. I mean, you look at uh, it's several down days in a row, I think four, uh, four down days in a row. And, uh, the stock has closed up near its high, uh, every, uh, every, every single day. <laughs> it doesn't want to go down or so, stay down at least. <laughs> yeah. And so again, I mean that, that, you know, charts, uh, charts, uh, tell all kinds of, uh, stories. Uh, this, this is a story of, uh, of strength and support and, um, you know, it, it, it may or may not work, but we just want to make sure the uh, the odds are in our favor here. And if it's uh, telling a bullish uh, technical story, we want to uh, keep track of it. So you had an initial uh, breakout here below the, the 50 level. There was a nice little cup with handle uh, base that, that formed and, a, and a, solid, uh, a solid breakout. And then, you know, picture perfect 
action after that first breakout came down to the 10-day moving average, uh, didn't make a, a serious threat to violate that, and then it found uh, found support. And then you, that little little short to consolidation, uh, not the best of handles, but it, it did qualify uh, as, as a handle. I think if you go back to the weekly chart, this uh, this handle did not show up. Uh, I could be mistaken. Right. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. actually a positive week. Yeah, so the second handle didn't show up on the, on the, the weekly chart. And, you know, typically Typically, I like to see a handle on a, on a weekly chart. So the second handle this one formed um, did not show up on, on the weekly, but it was able to, you know, break out over that uh, alternate entry. And, uh, you know, the stock is just just handling the, the pullback uh, very, very well here. So uh, just doing a little work on uh, on uh, Harmony is basically neurological, uh, you know, disorders that this uh, company focuses on. Uh, the stock got a downgrade uh, today by Goldman Sachs, and you wouldn't, uh, you can tell it was, you know, down uh, down early like it was uh, yesterday. But uh, again, uh, the stock uh, shrugged off the uh, Goldman uh, neutral to. Uh, to uh, neutral, and then uh, the prior week, I forgot who it was, but they they, uh, they got a, a, a upgrade to, to buy and a nice a nice price target uh, as well. So I think there's a lot to like about here. Um, you know, with biotechs, uh, we like uh, we like profitability, we like uh, uh, revenue growth, and you have it uh, you have it in spades with uh, with uh, Harmony Bioscience and. Um, you know, fund ownership has been uh, increasing uh, quite a bit in recent quarters. Don't have any, um, you know, IBD top funds uh, in there, but uh, you are seeing meaningful, uh, meaningful increases in fund ownership. So uh, I think this is another good one. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, out of this space, at least on the kind of that first handle that it formed, it went up, it, it acted perfectly. I mean, it went up 20 plus percent. Uh, now, in this type of environment, a more challenging environment where you're not necessarily seeing powerful follow-through days or even powerful breakouts for the most part, are you a little quicker maybe to say, hey, I'm up 20%, let me start locking in those gains? Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, let me be clear, I do not, uh, I do not own uh, this stock, but I am uh, watching it and want to try to, to find, a, find a way in. There's enough here that uh, I think you know, warrants uh, a closer a closer look. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, technical environments have the best chance of, of, of working when you have, uh, you know, new institutional money, you've got yeah. growth fund managers that are accumulating uh, shares. And, uh, you know, that really has been a, a missing ingredient for, for quite some time with the with uh, in, in the bear market uh, that we're in. Uh, that said, there's, uh, there are are a few that work uh, here and there, not many, but uh, Harmony is uh, is one. Um, if I uh, if I bought at that early, you know, at the at the first uh, cup with handle uh, breakout, I probably you know, I wouldn't be afraid to be taking some money off the table here, even though. You know, listen. It's just been finding support at the the ten day moving average and uh, not doing anything wrong. And again, I think the stock's uh, price action over the past four sessions is uh, is uh, is pretty telling that this is uh, indeed a, a very strong stock in the biotech sector. Mm -hmm. And I should disclose that I actually do own a position in this myself. I was uh, as, as you were as you were speaking of it, I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I, I do own this. That does. <laughs> well, we should uh, we should ask Justin then. In this environment, or are you taking twenty percent if you get the chance? Um, you know what? I am trying to take my profits a little bit uh, quicker, um, but I will say that in in medical uh in a lot of the medical names i've been a little bit slower to take those profits just because that seems like uh, an, an area of strength but that is still my my goal i don't have a 20 percent gain on this one yet but um you know I, I didn't i didn't quite get in there at the 
at that breakout. But um, but yeah, I, I am trying to take things. It just seems like it's a little bit more of a swing trading environment as yes. as opposed to um, let's hold position. And, yeah. yeah, position trading. And, and I'm certainly not like using a eight week hold rule. You know, I I just don't trust holding anything for eight weeks at this right. point, um, you know, with with the headlines and the volatility and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, you know, you can still use, I think, the moving averages. Uh, I don't, I certainly don't want to be uh, too hasty in getting out of some of these leaders, but um, I, I'm, I'm not treating everything like it's going to be a home run. It's uh, certainly more, more singles and bunting than anything. Um, you know, speaking of medical, why don't we go ahead and uh, finish this up with another medical stock? And this is one that I actually didn't have on my radar. This is a AXNX is the ticker symbol, Axonix. Um, where, where'd you find this one? Hmm, good question. I think I found it in the uh, MarketSmith uh, Growth 250. Okay. Um, yeah, and it may be uh, maybe new in there. And uh, listen, this there are issues uh, with this stock, but what what jumped out at me was the uh, was the fund ownership um, here, and uh, just a very large number of uh, of IBD mutual funds that are uh, that are in here, and um, you can scroll down and see the Columbia small cap growth. Uh, I know you've had the people from Lord Abbott uh, on the right. on the podcast. Uh, so uh, Lord Abbott uh, developing uh, is in this uh, and, and two others. So I, when you see fund ownership like this, uh, I think it's it's worth uh, paying attention to. Um, you know, the weekly chart, it's just kind of like the kind of a big, long, sloppy consolidation here. But maybe we go to the daily chart and just uh, um, take take a look and, and and see what it's uh see what it's doing here so um again this is a healthcare stock not biotech it's uh in the medical you know the systems uh, equipment uh group uh they provide uh, technology that helps uh you know treat overactive uh, uh bladders um it's not profitable yet uh but it does have the the revenue growth and it's got the fund sponsorship so the revenue growth the company is showing and the fund sponsorship uh, uh just has me interested uh in this name uh when it uh, broke out over the uh, 60 dollar uh, level there was some pretty good uh, pretty good volume the pivot was 59 uh 20. it's uh handling the breakout uh, pretty well holding the 10-day line holding near the uh, the 60 level so i want to do a little more uh work here because again technically it's not my my, my favorite setup however you know, it's got a relative strength line near uh, near highs. The stock is clearly uh, showing relative uh, strength, and you got some higher volume uh, gains there in in recent uh, days. So between the the fund ownership and the uh, pretty impressive sales growth uh, in recent quarters, the fact that it's not uh, profitable yet doesn't uh, doesn't entirely uh, bother me. But uh, I was really struck by the uh, the fund ownership here, and uh, at least uh, tells me I should be doing a little more a little more work on this one. And I might just mention that it looks like it has that bottoming base look uh, to it. So uh, what yeah. would you consider the, the, the prior uptrend here? Um, is that kind of the, the January, February, March um, time period? Kind of that, is, is, are you using that as your, your prior uptrend? And then the base, uh, and, and I, I kind of like as deep as that, how deep was that base? Uh, uh, 42%. That so yeah. a little bit deep at 42%, but it seemed like, the next time it came in, it was a much uh, a much tighter and more uh, more reasonable yes. drop. Yeah, and so there, there you're you're right, uh, spot on there with your with your prior uh, uptrend. Uh, uh, so when the stock uh, you know hit a high of uh, 
I think it was what uh, 60, 65, 95. Is right. that what it says? Yes. Yeah. And then it, so, you know, a couple of things, I mean, the, the, the left side pullback was a little bit uh, concerning because you had an earnings report uh, in here. Um, the latest earnings report um, that the market uh, chose not to respond uh, well to. So you had really two harsh uh, down sessions uh, in a row, but on the, uh, you go back to the weekly chart and you can see what we would call a, a, a nice uh, support week at the yeah. bottom of the, uh, of base. So while the weekly structure has a, a bit of a wide and loose uh, appearance to it, I do, do like the support week at the at the bottom of the base. Mm-hmm. That tells me that there were uh, buyers uh, in the stock uh, lifting it lifting it off lows, uh, and then uh, from there it was able to you know just just rally uh, higher. Uh, complete a little cup with handle base and it, it broke out and it's uh, just holding gains and uh, you know showing strength and support uh, after after the breakout so um, thought this was um, you know interesting uh, interesting one to, to monitor um, you know it's it's really hard you know finding finding the perfect um, you know there's some markets uh, that are going to give you a good tight setups with uh you know great um great price and volume action and then you're in a market like now where you know it's it's hard to find the perfect uh, perfect chart out there so sometimes you just have to see if it can stock and check uh as many boxes uh, as possible uh this one has you know plenty of positive uh, traits it has some flaws uh, as well but uh so far so good with the latest uh, breakout and we'll see um We'll see if it can garner more more price strength. Now, this is a little bit of a, a smaller stock, a little under three billion market cap. Uh, do you treat those a little bit differently uh, in this type of environment, or, or are you going to kind of treat them all the same as a, as a large cap stock? Yeah, because I mean, this one is prone to volatile price swings. Uh, it it has tightened up uh, quite a bit in in recent weeks, which uh, uh, which, which, which I like. But um, so typically. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, uh, I'm kind of going with the tight, uh, tight price action uh, okay. lately yeah. and letting that uh, uh, trump everything else uh, uh, at this point. So um, there's a lot of good, a uh, lot of good action in the healthcare uh, healthcare That's sector. True. And I haven't had a chance to go through the systems equipment group uh, in its entirety. But the, the first thing I noticed here, like I said, was the was the fund sponsorship. So there's obviously something yeah. uh, interesting, um, you know, going on here. So maybe a little more, a little more due diligence. And uh, but I like the again, the, the, the most recent breakout is acting uh, is acting quite well. Mm-hmm. Well, and to your earlier point, it might be a little bit difficult to find kind of those picture perfect, um, you know, bases and, and things that we're used to seeing in an uptrend since we have had this bear market that we've been dealing with. But certainly it feels like the bottoming base is a nice arrow to add to your quiver, uh, a, a nice tool to add to your toolbox so that you have another way of getting into some of these stocks where maybe the traditional um, you know, buy points that we typically use are, are going to be a little bit late. And uh, this, this could give you some early entry. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge here uh, today, Ken. We really appreciate hey, it. Hey, it's always, uh, always uh, consider both of you guys good friends. I've uh, known you both for a long time and uh, always a pleasure coming on with you. Okay. So on our show next week, uh, we're going to welcome Will Rind back to the show. He is the founder and CEO of Granite Shares. So we had a great conversation with him, a lot of technical action that we covered. So uh, we're looking forward to having him back on the show. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. 
Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.